Hi, and welcome to Bake Sale, the show featuring kindy entrepreneurs, that is, folks trying to kickstart their projects on Kickstarter and other crowdfunding places, talking to them about their projects for kids and families. Today on the show, I've got Caitlin McGaw from the Alphabet Rockers, and they are making a TV show pilot, Family Hip Hop. They are trying to turn their brand of hip-hop for uh, preschoolers and young kids into a TV show. They want to take their interactive shows to the next level, television. And I'm going to be talking to Caitlin today about the Kickstarter, about the band, about all their various uh, projects. They've got more than just music and TV. So... um, Caitlin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I, I really appreciate that. So I'm really excited to, I, I was excited when I saw the announcement of the Kickstarter because I know that you guys have done a lot of different things. You have a lot of different projects in terms of your efforts to uh, bring your music uh, to kids and families. So maybe you can just talk a little bit first about the band itself, how it started, uh, how uh, you formed it, what your goals were, and then then we'll talk a little bit about the Kickstarter project itself. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, it's interesting how things change. Uh, when I started it, I was working at a music school and um, was performing my own songs and, you know, at weddings and this and that. And somebody said, you know, gosh, you have to do children's music. And I started thinking about all these products I wanted to make for kids to make songwriting and, and expression more accessible for the, the youngest learners. And um, ended up teaming up with another music teacher at the school um, who used to play with the Four Non Blondes. And when we got together to write, the songs it came out as hip-hop and I was laughing because it's like that's the music I actually listened to as a young adult but it wasn't the music I was writing so um I don't know you just that's just what it was and she you know is a drummer and drums transcend genre but um when we started putting together what's the theme of this going to be um she really wanted to make it for teachers because her sisters were all teachers and needed some fresh music in the classroom. Um, and I think there's a lot of like, there are some teachers and not all teachers that use music to teach. And um, most of it is kind of folk based. So we took the curriculum and wrote songs to fit it, but that were more um, the style of music that we were listening to. So there's like reggae influence and hip hop and uh and then after the album came out, I put together a show because the phone started ringing. And <laughs> so there you go. Your business model changes um, on day two. And uh, my friend from high school, Stephanie, had always uh, been a, a little beatboxer. Like when we were hanging out, she had little beats she'd make and stuff. And I thought, you know, I wonder if she'd actually consider performing with me. And she was 100% in from the beginning. <laughs> And then uh, we recruited Tommy pretty soon after because of uh, seeing him in hip-hop theater in the Bay Area. So we worked out this show because of all of the requests for it. And it was uh, kind of built like this with the arc of what a play would have. So there'd be you know, moments where the audience just gets to go on a shape hunt with us. And it's not always a concert. It's part like experience and part concert. Um, and... It was always been, it's always been really fun. So last year we 
put together two new albums. One was a uh, re-recordings featuring Tommy and Stephanie. And then the other one is a brand new album called go. And they're definitely engaging dance music for families. And we really started making a new connection with our fans when we released those. Um, so in terms of like the entrepreneurship of being a kindy artist, I think it's, it's really nice that that's what you're calling it because I mean, all musicians today have to think about like, how do people experience my music? How can I monetize it? Right, right. It's, um, it's not just, it's not just record music and sell, sell an set album. it free into the world. I mean, you need to actually shepherd it into yeah. uh, where you think it'll be best received. Yeah. So we were figuring out like maybe some of our audience wasn't necessarily interested in going to family concerts. Maybe our audience wanted to experience music more um, at home in the kitchen while they're cooking and having their their bake sale preparations. Dun dun dun. <laughs> or <laughs> thank you, yeah. thank you. And or their carpool, where they want to look in the rearview rear mirror and see their uh, little ones dancing to the same songs that they love. Like that's. Um, kind of what we started experimenting with, uh, thinking about what are ways that people could experience it beyond the concert. And we really just came down to video and TV experience of the, of the relationships we've created between us, the, the beatboxing as lessons, the stuff that is unique to us that we love, that we just want to, we just want to share it further. And, um, and hopefully we can use this as a way to show PBS or Nickelodeon what we're all about. So when you were thinking about the TV show, what were you thinking about? What were you thinking about in terms of, man, I would really like to emulate what they're doing there. And where did you say, man, there's a real gap in X and this is where I think our show could fit in. So how are you trying to emulate and what do you, what gap are you trying to fill that isn't? Filled. Those are those are good questions. So um, people often do that work for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like Yo Gabba Gabba, except you know, not as electronic influenced. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. A and then B. You're yeah. yeah. You guys are like Choo Choo Soul. I love them. They're so amazing. And I actually really love um, Choo Choo Soul in particular. Like it's very simple. It's um, I mean, simple production-wise, um, it's beautiful music, and I like the characters that they've created. They're very um, friendly and authentic, and I like that they use beatboxing as an aesthetic. Um, and so, and then also, like Sesame Street creates these uh, really deep learning experiences, and you know, nobody can replicate what the Sesame Street Workshop does. Um, and yet, I feel that and compliment to them. Like, that's kind of what we see ourselves as. Like we work with, we have an educational advisor, Maria, who is actually based in Boston and she is creating, um, taking our songs and kind of looking at how can we use those in the home? Like how could a a parent be empowered to get their kid ready to read at three? How can a parent use, um, our song animals from A to Z to teach letter sounds? Um, and do it in a way that's not, um, you know, not every parent can sit through a 300-page book on how to be a, a good parent. <laughs> so we're kind of going to be playing with some of that, too, um, in, our, in our work. 
So I'm curious as to um, when di when did you uh, pull in uh, Maria into the the process? Because it, I mean, it, it sounds like just based on what you said before that. Uh, you started the process of writing songs, you know, thinking about maybe writing songs in an educational or for an educational setting. But did, was Maria on board from the beginning or was that more after you real after day two when you realized, yeah. oh, actually day one, um, I'm like the kind of person like when I'm trying to figure out how to do something or I'm excited about something, I like to test it on people like and actually, you know, hey, what do you think if I made children's music or what do you think about this? Like, I'm not afraid to admit my ignorance. And um, so I actually tested my song ideas on friends that were teachers from day one. Um, some people would say, oh, this is a little long for the classroom or, you know, we like to teach the days of the week in this order. Um, so I've always partnered with teachers from the beginning. But I mean, Maria, which, which, is, which is just yeah. interesting because that is both um, incredibly broad and incredibly specific, sort of like, uh, so how I'm curious, how do they do they teach it starting on Sunday or starting on Monday? I mean, to be honest, they do it both ways. <laughs> um, we decided with Sunday being the first day. Um, so, you know, of course, then somebody's like, well, I do it this way. Well, OK, you can use a different song then. I mean, the thing is, you can't please everybody. Um, right. But Maria, like what's so cute is when I did my first little solo show of the of the piece, she was there with her newborn and I started, I had tested some of the, you know, the songs like, you know, testing on songs on babies, of course, is quite affirming, but um, <laughs> like if they don't go make a number two, you're pretty much, you're done well. Um, <laughs> um, but now her little girl is six years old and, um, and so they've kind of grown up with us and they're kind of a part of our crew. Um, we just spent, while we were in Boston on tour recently, we spent like five hours with them. Um, you know, there's a, like playing with some of our concepts. We do want to do something in the kitchen on the TV show. So it's called freestyling fruit salad. And it's a way <laughs> I'm going to get a little nerdy for a second, but basically it's a way to teach. That's okay. That's okay. Nerdy <laughs> is, is it works well on the internet. Okay. Good. It's, um, it's using number sense for children to learn, you know, people know how to count. If you say, Hey, do you know how to count to 10 kids will do it, but they don't know what five looks like. Or they don't know what five means. Um, so it's a way of teaching, um, and it's called number sense. And you need to know it by kindergarten. So we were going to do it through healthy snacks. Um, and we have this fun game. And uh, so we played it as a group. Um, it was just really fun. You roll a dice, you count the number of dots, um, and you add the fruit into your bowl. And then you pass the bowl, and the next person rolls. And you end up with a freestyle and fruit salad. <laughs> but it's really fun. And then it's, you know, people who are trying to do healthy snacks, but... You can incorporate learning into the way you do everything, but I think f people need examples of that, and also examples that are fun and cool, and not like learn your letters right now. Right, because th then they're not, or no. you know, or you it's you know learning the alphabet song, but not sort of realizing that you know those are actually individual letters and yeah. they actually mean something as you opposed totally to get just. It. Yeah, we have our, like uh, Maria wrote our alphabet song is just is call and response because. In her classroom, kids were going NOP. You know, they didn't know that was three letters. Right. <laughs> so we have it separate. It's fun. So, um, so how are you going about trying to put a team together to make the TV show? I mean, who? How do you? 
how do you find people to work with to say, oh yeah, I really like their mm-hmm. production sense, or I they seem to know a lot about filming because I'm going to assume that y- you personally probably don't know a lot about the technical portions yeah. of putting together a TV show. Correct. And so this is, um, there's that expression, like when you come to the edge, you just leap and hope that you fly instead of fall. Um, and you know, we've been dancing around the idea of a Kickstarter campaign for over a year and a half. And I felt I wasn't personally ready for it. I, you know, it takes a moment to say like, is this community going to stand behind us broadly? And, um, and I just feel like we're ready. I mean, um, and the TV show construction, we did our first videos with a company. Um, you know, I played hockey with a guy who was on the production <laughs> team and he's been following us coming to our shows. He doesn't have kids, but he just really believed in it. He's like, you have to work with clean white lines. They're amazing. And they had the same kind of playful childlike aesthetic and whimsical thing, which, uh, I wouldn't even say it's whimsical, but I don't know how to explain it. They just got what we were doing. Um, and well, well, and, and shape rap is, is, uh, that as a, as a video that, that looks really good. I mean that, you know, I, I think if people saw, I'm going to assume that the show is going to look in some sense, I mean, not, maybe not specifically, but that the vibe you captured in shape rap is the same basic vibe you're trying to capture in the show itself. (laughs) Yeah. So definitely, and I, we've always, when we initially scripted it out, and we did actually pitch a concept to a network um, around that time, and it, I don't think it was our time yet, which is okay. <laughs> but we basically, uh, you know, wanted to be a music-based show, but I think it could also be vignette-based. So there's like, for example, we have a song called The Food Calculator, where you subtract the soda, add the water, minus the cookies, and it's about like using you know, the idea of math to look at your balance and that you have a food calculator in your hand. So that's the, (laughs) that's the skit we made up. And I mean, we want to film that short little story and the kids love it. We're like, Tommy, you have to use your food calculator. And he's like, what are you talking about? I don't have a food calculator. And we turn to the audience, like everybody show Tommy your food calculator and everyone puts their hands up and he's like, Whoa. (laughs) Um, and so we can kind of create that into a little nutritional, you know, four minute piece um, that can be used to teach also uh, some math concepts in the classroom. So I feel that like we have uh, the, t- the world of TV has changed and I think continues to change as media consumption changes. So um, what we're creating, I feel, has the connection to a broader um, television storyline, you know, a 20 episode piece or could be um, vignette based that's just based around strong characters and good music um, with learning at the core. So that's, um, you know, the same way that Sesame Street can be digested successfully in a two minute video and a, and a full show. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the things that makes me excited about the the Kickstarter is that I think you guys have a strong, you have a strong musical sense. I mean, I know, <laughs> I know what you're, you, what you're shooting for musically and you have a strong visual sense. And to the extent that I think you're able to meld those successfully in a TV format, be it, you know, 22 minutes long or two minutes long. I, I think that those, 
those are clear that, that that there would definitely be an audience out there for that and that they could definitely understand what it is that you're trying to get at and you know obviously okay. it's not going to be for every family you know uh, there probably wouldn't be many 9-year-olds uh, wanting to watch the show if they didn't have their four-year-old sister mm-hmm. with them. But, you know, if you have your four-year-old sister with them, you, you, might, you might be willing to, to sit around and, and watch it with your sister. Yeah. Well, well, we'll wager that bet. Let's see. When the show comes out, if we can find a nine-year-old that will watch it, it's gone. <laughs> we'll bake <you> cookies. <laughs> Healthy cookies. Good, good. <laughs> so I feel that it's like I heard somebody the other day say, you know, he's a, a father, and I don't want to give fathers any sort of character, but he said, you know, I walked into my, um, you know, the living room, and it's just stuff I didn't want to watch. And I just, I'm glad you guys are going to make something I want to watch with the kids. Now, I feel like as a parent, you should just engage with your kid and, and talk about what they're consuming. And it's a bonus if you like it, too. <laughs> um, and so, like, our goal is really, like, making something that parents dig as much as the kids and the nine-year-olds. And, you know, everybody's going to want to learn how to beatbox with us. And that's just fun. Uh, right. The last show we did, we had our little six-year-old uh star from the from Maria's daughter. She got on stage and did our a beatbox with us, her first time on stage. And her older brother was just like watching it. He watched every single thing. He bought the t-shirt, you know, he wanted to be part <laughs> of our community. And yeah, and I, I think there's something to it. Like this is an authentic friendship between the three of us. I mean we just were on tour for 10 days. We missed each other when we left. We, you know, we shared Concepts we deconstruct like everything from the way uh, uh, an experience is as like folks of color to you know um, you know just we're always playing but also like engaging with you know what does it mean to be on in the media like what does it mean to have a white woman um, at the helm of a hip hop show and we've changed our show like I used to be much more the leader and now it's it's three people leading side by side and I feel that is really important. And to have a television show that shows, you know, and not in a deliberate way, but that is true, like, multicultural leadership, I think is just really... It just happens to be there. It's, it's happening. And it's like, and I think that matters, <laughs> you know. Um, it well, still matters to have these characters, uh, we're characters, you know, in, in the media. Yeah, no. And, <laughs> no, and, and that's, you know, I think that's one of the appealing things about the band. You guys, you guys are friends and uh, that's clear. And, you know, it, it just happens to be three people of different races. And, you know, that's, it's, it's not a big deal. It, it is yeah. what it is. And uh, you just have a, uh, a strong visual up there. Thank you. Yeah. And Stephanie is our artist, so that's kind of fun. She gets to design. She designed our website logos, and um, and Tommy's like the he wants to be the music director. So I'll just be the you know producer. <laughs> that sounds that sounds that sounds good. I that there's a related question there that I'm I'm curious about, and that is I am surprised as somebody who listens to a lot of kids music that there still isn't more hip-hop for kids. And there are a handful of artists doing that, but it really surprises me given um, how word-based, for obvious reasons, hip-hop is, that it is not a more popular 
genre for artists to tackle because you know what could be better for kids who are learning words to just hear a, a stream of words and you yeah. know the incredibly musical way words can be used i mean you don't need uh melodic notes to have you know music made from hip-hop just the the rhymes and you totally the beats. get it yeah and and i'm curious from your perspective as one of the few people who are sort of who are making hip-hop for kids why you think that there aren't more folks trying to do what you're doing i think it's a matter of time i mean i wouldn't say that we're trailblazing um and at the same time, like we looked around at Kindy Fest and, you know, uh, 23 Segudu called me. We want to get him in on our hip hop festival we're doing next month. And, you know, Mr. Cookie Jar is like, I feel a hip hop artist in his, you know, and even though he's singing it, um, we want to collaborate and we're just, we want to make like a EP featuring folks that are doing it. Um, and I feel like there are some people that do like, they call it hip hop and that these are the people that might say we're hip hopping and it might be spoken <laughs> word and um, not really engaging the true um, black aesthetic of hip hop. And, um, but it's interesting. You mentioned this right now because I was listening to Nas this morning. Who's like, I think one of the most beautiful lyrical writers mm-hmm. um, and storytellers and it's not kid appropriate, but I was thinking, you know, cause we are really, we want to represent the foundations of hip hop. And we had a long discussion on this trip about beatboxing, where it came from representing the history of hip hop and music that we do. And I was thinking, I really want to hear that story song. And I'm going to talk to Tommy about it in our next songwriting session. Like let's write. And, and as you really just said, and it's like, it, it is hearing a, a lot of words at once that language language acquisition time where kids are learning 400 words a day at age four. Um, why not have it be in a a song where they just listen and try to memorize it in a way, but it's a story. Um, and that's what hip hop is too, is coming back to stories. Right. Well, and that, and that obviously, uh, is the other thing about hip hop that, you know, obviously there are songs. It's not that songs and other genres aren't telling stories, but you know, hip hop definitely is a, storytelling uh genre more so than than a lot of genres i think and again given how popular telling stories is uh you know both for kids and i think there's just a general resurgence in the concept of the importance of story yeah it it has it has puzzled me and mm-hmm. and uh, i i'm you know i'm glad that there are uh folks like you and you know, Mr. Cookie Jar and and Twenty Three Skidoo and you know and and a handful of others, but I mean, literally, it's 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 a handful, you know, in terms yeah. of uh, artists that that are making music. And I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not a big hip hop fan, so it's not like I, uh, and so maybe I'm the I'm a decent test audience in terms of if there's hip hop out there that that I would listen to, and I say, and I think, oh, that I like, uh, you know that I enjoy, uh, that I feel like there should be more of those artists out there that, that are making hip hop and it's still fairly limited. So that's again, one reason why, uh, I'm excited about this particular project because again, it's not something that you really see in the TV media space, you know, aside from, you know, and all due respect to Bismarcky, but Mm -hmm. you know, aside from Bismarcky's, uh, 
biz beat of the day on Yo Gabba Gabba. I mean, there's just there's not a lot of uh, hip hop and the occasional artist guest artist on on Yo Gabba Gabba. There's just not a lot of hip hop on on uh yeah i mean there's a lot of stuff to unpack around that which we can't really do on bake sale but is um is fascinating to think about like well what are the what makes people want to start doing children's music and um or music for families and you know and sometimes the stories that have to be told in hip-hop are not family appropriate you know it's really more about uh it's it's it can be revolutionary i think Unfortunately, like there's hip hop out there right now that is just like a bit, um, you know, slanderous in a way to to re- self respect. Um, but the what I see as as like true hip hop is like people really telling um, a story that needs to be heard, and sometimes that story is not comfortable. So that's not necessarily family music. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess like the question was posed at Kindy Fest last year by Dan Zanes about our audience in general for family music, and you know who's not in the room, and you know all these questions about what kind of music is being made for families and who's coming to the shows. And so that actually. I feel that our audience is multicultural and is from different walks of life. And I want to continue that. Um, and hopefully, you know, the way we look at it is like, we want to bring up the next generation, like Daniela, who's our little star and little Tommy, you see in the shape rap, like he's an, he's an alphabet rocker. So we may, you know, help, help them to start write their, writing their own songs. I mean, believe me, we write songs, and like send them back and forth on our iPhone. They're ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, so, um, and I would also put that out because I'm sure people are researching or going to watch your or listen to your podcasts and read your blogs, but I'm always open to helping people start in this, in this world and start to play with it. So feel free to pass along my info. <laughs> Great. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, we're coming up to the end here of, of our chat. And, and so I guess I just wanted to hear sort of any of your final thoughts about what you hope that this show and the Kickstarter achieves. I mean, where would you like to see a year from now, if the Kickstarter gets funded, where will the Alphabet Rockers be? Where will the the TV show pilot be? That's an awesome question. So. Well, we've got only a couple more weeks left to raise another, uh, we're about 25% funded right now. Um, and we spent a lot of time thinking about like how people's, you know, kickbacks would be reflective of who we are. So we have things like, you know, get a beatboxing lesson or we'll write you a rhyme. We also have stuff like we will donate a show to a school, um, which somebody has already purchased and I already have a school that needs it, um, <laughs> that can't afford it and wants to, wanted us to come out. So we, we see ourselves, um, continuing to give back to the community through music classes and school performances. Um, I see us actually doing all of the production of these, rec- uh, video recordings by the, um, by the fall, cause we're spending August, um, in production and s- looking at a production, uh, rollout of like what makes sense for people to progressively learn letters through beatboxing and to um, experience a dance workout with Caitlin, Tommy and Stephanie (laughs) for parents at home who want to learn our dance moves with their kids and get a little workout. That's something we're going to do as well. So um, 
I think we're going to have a lot of fan engagement and um, start to talk to folks in New York and L.A. about placements. I mean, the, the quality is not something I'm worried about. That's something we've always, we don't do anything unless we feel like it's quality. That's why you don't see a lot of YouTube videos from us um, of like, hey, here's us at our show. You know, we don't do that right now. We want to have like it all be educational and high quality music. So, Great. yeah. So, Caitlin, um, I, if, for listeners, if they want to find the Kickstarter project itself, you can just go to Kickstarter and search on Alphabet Rockers. I'll certainly have a link to this uh, in the show notes for this podcast. But if they want to find out more about the Alphabet Rockers, where is the best place to go? The best place to go is our website. Um, we have activities for families to download, teachers to try out, um, you know, songs that you could and chants that aren't even on our albums that you can listen to that because we have links to our SoundCloud page. So go to alphabetrockers.com. And while you're there, you know, download a free song. We put Dynamite up there as our free song, which is our most popular dance song. Um, and we'd love to get to know everyone. Great. Well, Caitlin, thank you for taking the time today to talk with me. Thank and- you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I said, thank you so much. I'll have to get into the kitchen now and measure out some, you know, cups of flour and stuff to, to add my contribution to the bake sale. <laughs> A food calculator. I love that See? concept. <laughs> I love that concept. Uh, and uh, listeners, thank you for listening in. And again, uh, if you have any comments, please feel free to email me at zooglobal at earthlink.net. Uh, feel free to rate and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you download your favorite kindy related podcasts. And thanks for tuning in. Bye.